Hey guys, welcome to For The Kudos Q&A Sessions 12. I'm Brett and I'm here with Joel. Hey Brett, how are you going? I'm good. Um, before we get started, I want to give a quick little shout out. This morning I went to um, down to the Up There store and one of the guys I'm coaching is running from Melbourne to Echuca over the next four days, which is 250k. Wow. Um, raising money for a good cause. Um, I might put the link on our story. Um, but yeah. What I is the know. cause? Uh, it's for the Snowdome Foundation. So um, yeah, they're raising money to, for I think it's for blood cancer, I'm yeah. pretty sure. And his mum mum died from that. So yeah, um, it's a good cause. Yeah. So they've raised $85,000 so far, which is pretty cool. Yeah. But wow. How, yeah. how far is this leg one today? 80K. <sighs> and it's all uphill. Really? Yeah. So, so I think like, does he go? Uh, out like through, so he, I ran with him to the Mooney Ponds Trail and okay. then he like hands kind of like north yeah. through like Preston and, and out yeah. there. And then get out. So I think he, he uh, he's running like, through the bush. Um, like not more enjoyable, I suppose. Yeah, but um, pretty much goes like over the Great Dividing Range. Yeah. And then Shit. I think after at the end of day two, it then starts to go down. So then it's like not too bad for the last <laughs> two days. But I think he's got 80K, 80K and then like 60 and 40 or something. So um it's been interesting trying to coach him for it. Um, yeah, how do you even bit, coach someone for that? A bit different. Yeah, getting ready for big back-to-back days. Yeah. It's like, it's hard. But he's, uh, he's a pretty good, like naturally comes good to him. Like he was doing like 50K days and then back up again the next day and do it again. Um, the big thing is trying to slow him down. So hopefully, <laughs> I, that's why I ran with him. Did you take first. him out at three-minute Ks at the beginning? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> first six Ks was like six-minute Ks. Um, but yeah, hopefully. He's, it's looking like a bit of rain too, nah, which he sounds pretty mentally tough. He'll be right. Yeah, the loops he's been doing around Echuca is uh, looks very boring. So I think he's mentally prepared for so that. So he lives in Echuca. Yeah. So he's driven down. Yeah, driven down, started here, and then running back. Fuck. Does he have a big support support team? Um, so there was like thirty people there this morning, okay. and and then probably like ten people were running the first bit, yeah, and then. Yeah, so there's like, like a support van or something. Yeah, shortly. yeah. So some people are meeting him out like once he gets out of the city and yeah. they'll pretty much have a car the whole way yeah. um, on the roads. But And there'll be, I think his mates riding with him the whole way and a couple of photographers and stuff. So okay. good little production. But yeah, it's, yeah, it's pretty cool. I don't know. Good on you, Alistair. Good luck. Yeah. He messaged me. He's like, oh, my mate is looking for a bit of coaching too. He wants to do some big ultra through like the Sahara Desert or something like that. And I was like... Boys, what's wrong with just a, a marathon? Like, <laughs> you know, Melbourne's on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Just like <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway, we'll get straight into it. Let's kick it off. Um, so first question from Bailey Booth. Exercise to keep a good frame of mind when you're in the hurt locker. Do you have any tips or tricks that you try to use? Um, so, yeah, look, I think... I think um, Definitely in a race, like a perfect example, we've just come off Launceston on the weekend. Um, and I think I, I explained in the last episode that it was one of those strange races, you know, for me. Well, I, th- I think you were the same. Obviously, you were leading, but you were sort of um, – it was quite a solo mm. solo race for us. You had to sort of push hard by yourself. You know, usually you're probably in a pack or something looking around and, and you can be a bit more distracted. Whereas I found in, in Launceston um, I was – I felt like, yeah, I felt pain, but it was just mentally tough being so sort of isolated. So I was just kept telling myself, um, 
like I was trying to stay relaxed, uh, focus on my technique and things like that while I was hurting. But then I was just sort of thinking um, like get to the next K marker, get mm. to the next K marker. And it was sort of would just let your your brain it's sort of in like a bit of a meditative meditative state where I was just running and then it's like, oh, there's another K and then just go back yeah. and try and stay relaxed. Oh, there's another K. And if, you know, at points I was like, oh, my quads are starting to get sore and then I would just try and distract myself, you know, yeah. just think about, okay, just running, running, running. Oh, there's another K marker. And they would come up pretty quick. Yeah, they definitely do. And then I think that's like a good little thing to kind of set little goals. That's like, what I mean, yeah. Yeah, um, I, when I was a kid and first like kind of getting into running and I had this like school teacher and he... Like took me to races, yeah. and he would just kind of be like, "You see a pole, it's yeah. like focus and get into that pole, yeah." That's and then much the, exactly the next thing, so it's like a good way with marathons. Like, there's a lot, <laughs> lot of k's, so maybe <laughs> break it up into five k segments or something, or yeah, which is what people do. You'd be stuffed if you uh, went and did a marathon somewhere weird and there was no poles. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like you're on the start line and you're like, so when's the nearest pole? And the guy goes, oh, 42K. Yeah. Like, oh, fuck. Um, yeah, I tried to kind of distract myself a little bit. Like the weekend was hard because it was, yeah, it was kind of like pressure on the whole time Yeah, when it wasn't really like relaxing and kind For of you, switching Lee, off. Yeah, Liam yeah. wasn't like blowing, it wasn't like he was blowing up. Nah. He was still running pretty solid and he wasn't that far behind yeah. you. Yeah, so... I'll kind of like try to think of other things like I think about like the soles of my feet a little bit like when they're hitting the ground and yeah. kind of what that feels like and because that's just like a different, I don't know, you're not thinking about the pain that yeah. you're in, you're more thinking about something else in your body. Did someone uh, tell you that? Yeah, I did like hear it on a podcast. Yeah. Um, I remember a sports psych told me that ages ago yeah. when I was younger and it was like something, you know, with swimming or something, it was like focus on you know, every time your hand hits the water and it's like the whole purpose of it is to distract, distract you. It's yeah. technically mindfulness yeah. under under pressure. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then the other thing I do is think about like if I am starting to like hurt a fair bit, like my quads are getting heavy, kind of think about exactly what that feeling is because yeah. it's never going to like, yeah, you're in pain. It's not that bad of pain though. Yeah, like no. it, it is like you do want to stop because you're tired and everything. But if you actually break down the pain, yeah. it's not like... You get punched in the face, bro. It's more exactly. than what you're actually feeling in your yeah. legs right now. So I think that's like there's some good ways to think about it like that. We you just really try to break things down, um, simplify and, things, and then in doing so, it's your brain not focusing on. For exactly. example, you said your quads. Yeah. So if your quads are getting really tight and you're sort of in the moment thinking about, okay, what does this feel like? Okay, this feels like you know they're getting quite heavy, they're getting quite tired, and your brain focuses on that rather than. Oh my god! I'm in so much pain. I don't I know if I can slow deal down. With this. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if I can deal with this anymore. Yeah, so everything is kind of just finding a little bit of a distraction, I guess, to um, yeah, to trick your mind into forgetting about it for just for even if it only works for a little bit. Yeah, and then you come back to it, but you, it has worked for a little bit. Exactly. Um, I would say in training, focusing on the rep that you're in. Yeah, that's a big thing that I've sort of like tried to change, um, recently. You know, even at even at Waverley, I know when we're in summer and I'm like absolutely stinking, I'm really hurting. You've even said to me, you're just like, just focus on this rep because, you know, I've said to you, I'm like, oh, how, the, you know, I might be in a shitty mood or whatever. And I'm like, oh, how the fuck am I going to get through this? And you're like, just focus on this rep. Yeah. If you just, if you just keep thinking, what do I have to do in this rep? Yeah. You know what? Maybe you will get dropped. Um, but you're going to, eventually you might, but you're going to do a lot better than if you, um, 
yeah, catastrophizing early on. Oh, I feel this bad in rep one. How am I going to get to eight reps? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and I think trying all these things in training helps yeah. because you definitely get better at it. Yeah. Um, it is easy to panic and like kind of just think of the negative things. But if you've kind of practiced it in training, then when you then get into a race, it's, you kind of know what yeah. to do or know some of these tricks. Would you say that training, like the hardest pain you've ever been in in training is worse than a race? Um, sometimes. like yeah. it's, I do. I yeah. think it, but I also think that like the pain I feel in a race, I'm just like way more prepared to, you know, like you can be in hell pain in a race, yeah, but you just, you just sort of thrive off it and you yeah. push even harder. But in training, it's yeah. like when you're feeling that under the pump in pain, it's really, really difficult. Yeah, to, yeah that's true. I think... Uh, yeah, you never turn up to training as prepared to dig deep no. as races. No. So you maybe yeah, you're a bit more prepared to hurt in a race. But I don't know. There's some races where I've crossed the line and been in a lot of pain. Yeah, <laughs> so. definitely. definitely. Um, yeah, good question. Anna Grace Hogue says, what is your fueling strategy for half marathons as opposed to day-to-day training? Um, I definitely ate a lot more. Um, the night before, like we were loading up on rice, yeah, um, and we had got that extra, the extra. Um, oh yeah, so yeah, we had uh, before Launceston the other day. We went to dinner and like there was rice there, and we kept asking for more rice. And then eventually the dinner ended, and then we got room service and got back to yeah. our place and got like gnocchi and bread, yeah, just to. Make we sure. wouldn't have done that if you and me were on a training camp and we just had like a long run the next day or something. Yeah. We probably probably wouldn't. Yeah, you know. I think like for, if I'm training for a marathon, and I'll definitely try to eat a very high carb meal and a lot um, before a long run and before a um, marathon session. But I'm not as I don't know strict on it. Yeah, where where this I'm like definitely making sure I'm getting enough in yeah. like the whole day is it pretty much eating as much carbs as I can yeah. where in training it's just kind of eating a bit more balanced normal diet yeah. and then maybe just an extra bit of rice um, for dinner so and then we, when we get up in the morning like we ate three hours before I ate like a big like bowl of rice where for training I'm just kind of getting up yeah I don't know, like a couple of hours before, eating an hour before yeah, training, and just an hour before you and warm up. eating cereal and stuff. So it's yeah. not like, yeah, nowhere near as focused on getting. I just kind of get the bare minimum in for training, yeah. and then for races, really making sure I'm fueled properly. And that, I suppose, that is one of one of the contributing factors to why we can both, you know, we have how how much per K quicker than sort of threshold were you? What did you end up like 250? 255s, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so. You've been thresholding, you were like 303s sort of thing, yeah. right? And yeah. And I was what, 258? Was I 258? Um, so, and yeah, again, that's probably like seven, eight seconds per K. Yeah. And it's like all those things that we talk about where on race day, you just lift all these extra percent. Yeah. Whereas if you're doing, you know, there is there is an argument to say like, you know, People like, you know, focus on every training session like it's a race. I'm sure I've read quotes like that probably before where people mm. just, but, but it's, I don't know if it works. It's hard to lift to the next level yeah. in a race, but yeah. yeah. It's interesting. Uh, yeah. And then, and then also, I guess I'm um, focused on making sure I'm hydrated yeah. and getting electrolytes in um, in the day or two before the race. Yeah. Especially um, traveling. Traveling can make you quite mm. dehydrated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, you always got to be on top of it and have a bit of a plan of what you can have. For sure. 
Um, next one from Two Impromptus. What are some pros and cons about living with fellow athletes? Um, looking at you right now, I can only think of cons. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say obviously, obvious uh, pro is training, yeah. training partner, um, being able to you know jog. Not that we need to do every single run like this morning. We didn't run with each other, um, but having the ability to, oh, hey, do you want to go for a jog tomorrow together and we can just leave from the house? Yeah, it helps if like, I don't know, having someone, if you're feeling a bit tired and yeah. someone helping you get out the door always helps. Definitely. Um, going through it together. Yeah. It can be, um, yeah, I know like like when you're on training camp, like it's just, and you're with like a big bunch of people, it's just like you're surrounded by running or everything is just running yeah. and that can be a bit tiring. Yeah. You kind of want to switch off. And like some people just love speaking about running all the time. Yeah. And just, I think that's one thing that you and I are pretty good at. Obviously, we do this, we do this podcast and we do a lot of work with this and stuff. But I suppose pretty much only speak about running now. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, um, we don't really speak about it, but I suppose we, we probably do. We're not sitting down breaking down times and stuff like that. But I don't feel like, I don't know, I sort of living with you, I've lived with you for so long, it sort of feels, doesn't feel like a training camp vibe. No, definitely like not. Like we're up at but, Falls Creek with. 20 blokes it's yeah. way different yeah it definitely I think it's good as well like athletes kind of understand athletes and what um, yeah. and they understand they want to get up on early on a Sunday morning and go for a run yeah where when you're li- not living with athletes like they're just like what the hell are you walking doing it's ha- not yeah. <laughs> or walking into a you finish like I finish work on a Saturday night and I walk into a massive raven house yeah. party and I'm like oh fuck I've got to run tomorrow yeah morning. exactly um so it is kind of having like-minded people can be very good with that yeah. kind of sense. But as, as long as there is kind of an escape as well of for sure having non-running time. I think the, the moral of the story is living with people that you get along with, whether they're athletes yeah. or not athletes. You know, If you're living with people that you just don't get along with, it just creates a toxic environment. And um, yeah, that's sort of why you and me have decided you know, Smack's got to be out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Tuan, when are you can move in Melbourne, yeah. you're in. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's an anonymous one. Uh, what's the experience usually like at big road races such as Gold Coast, from athlete lounges in hotels to press conferences? Um, and there's a second part to this question. It also, is it true that some big races will penalise you money if you stop your watch on the finish line? Um. Oh, that's the second part. Yeah, so New York Roadrunners, they went... So they're the ones so, who run New York Half? Yeah, New York Half, New York Marathon, like yeah. all, all the big races in New York. So they have a... At, at these big races, all the elites have to go to like a technical meeting the night before and they explain all the rules of the race and, and then how the travel works and everything. And um, one of the things they say is we have our own clocks, we have our own official timing. If you stop your watch over the finish line, like this is if you're winning yeah. and ruin the um, the photo, yeah. you won't be invited back to, <laughs> to one of these things. So they kind it's of- It's sort of true though. It does sort of ruin- Yeah, it does. Of, and because like, it's like a big media thing for them as well. And like you got sponsors that want to use these photos and yeah. stuff. And then all you of a sudden you're, looking, like you're a looking down at your watch and not looking. So they sh- put up a photo of how you're supposed to be crossing the line. So it's like everyone is the same pretty much. They have just two arms out. Yeah, crossing the line. So not allowed to do the triathlon grab of the no, and put it over your head. <laughs> Remember when you did that at a uh, cross country? I was, I was look, I was looking at my uh, Instagram the other day for I forgot what reason, and I saw that post, 
And I was like, geez, what a dickhead. And I saw your comment yeah. saying, yeah, nice win, but did you have to do it? And it had one like, <laughs> bitters. <laughs> of course it was. Yeah, so uh, Joel won a cross-country race one of his first years back in running. And so the cross-country, uh, sorry, the triathlon celebration is to grab the banner and yeah. lift it above your head. And I was just too used to doing that for yeah. some years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so Joel's won this race, done that and, I don't know, the runners haven't liked it. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Um, but then otherwise, I actually haven't done Gold Coast before, so I'm not sure what it's like. But like going Gold along- Coast, they do. Yeah, I've been up there tw- the last two years. Um, well, the last three years. The last year was a bit different because we were sort of with COVID. We were mm. staying sort of on our on our own. The two years before that, I was in the race <laughs> hotel, but I'd gotten injured like three days before the race. So I was sort of like touch and go whether I was going to race. Um, but yeah, Gold Coast... Gold Coast is one of the big ones where they look after you pretty well. Yeah. Um, like London Marathon, New York Marathon. It's like ridiculous. I can't imagine, How, yeah. Like, yeah, you stay in like these really nice hotels. Like they're picking you up. And Treated like, like a rock star? Yeah, pretty much. Like, And there's like a bunch of athletes like hanging around. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it is pretty cool. And How would you compare, say, those to Japan? Japan's similar, like you're not, I think like in New York and London, they're trying to put you in the best hotel possible pretty much, So, which is, and like being in the center of New York is always cool. Um, The Japanese ones, like I feel like it's mostly Japanese and then just like there's a few internationals like Australians or whatever where the London ones, like they're catering for the whole, everyone from all around the world. Um, Yeah, and then, then you have things like, like rooms you go in that's like has like everything you need, like recovery boots and like, but just like, and then you're eating dinner with athletes every night. They, they take, yeah, the Japanese ones are cool though because they give you breakfast, lunch, dinner. Yeah. And they also give you money for food. Yeah. So they give you, it's like $50. Record shopping in Tokyo. After. Yeah. <laughs> so they give you like $50 US or something a day in food. Yeah. And, but then but they're then feeding you the whole time. Supplied. So it's, it, yeah, I don't know. They haven't worked out that system <laughs> quite right, I don't think. Um, I absolutely love the um, the food. I've only done a couple of races in Japan and they're probably the only, you know, they're my equivalent of sort of what you've, mm. you've done. Obviously, probably not the same. The biggest thing that I was um, shocked about is how well they look, look after you in terms of like traveling. Like um, yeah. from like, because often there might be a confusing, you know, like you fly into Tokyo and then you catch a train or another plane and then a train and then another train. And when I went to um, did that pacing thing in Nagano, I had like four different staff members across the whole journey meeting me at different yeah, spots. Yeah. Like I would just I would just walk out of the train station thinking, okay, I've got to deal with this one myself. And there's a person there with my name on it. And um, it's like, and then I go, they put me on another train. I go, there and there's another person there. And I'm like, wow, they've just thought of absolutely everything. It's like I, I've been to like a lot of countries in the world, and you'd think I'm pretty good at traveling, <laughs> but I'm terrible because. They yeah, do it all for me. Baby. Like I don't know how to book a flight. I don't know like how to <laughs> buy a train ticket. I just like kind of follow someone around. It's, <laughs> it's kind of cool because you don't have to think about anything. But um, yeah, and then you have things like at the press conference, not that I really ever have to do them at the big races. Um, and then like technical meetings. I feel like technical meetings is like the thing where you kind of start to get a little bit nervous because mm. usually the night before the race and then they start to like tell all the rules and like how – yeah, how you get into the course and, and what has to happen after. and um, Definitely yeah. is it puts you in that 
Yeah, because you're probably quite distracted and relaxed with, you know, the nice hotel and the nice yeah. food and all that. But then it's like, okay, shit, now we're here to go. race. Yeah. yeah. And then after the race, there's always like big like banquets and stuff. Yeah. Um, which is cool. The one the one in Maragami is pretty nice. You go to a nice Japanese <laughs> restaurant and they give you lots of alcohol to you drink. You've got to just make sure you're sitting uh, on a table of people that drink alcohol. Because yeah. Because they'll... They'll put down a big bottle of uh, sake, and it's obviously really disrespectful to not finish the sake. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so when it's just you and Rainer and a bunch of people that don't, don't drink yeah. alcohol, and it's up to Rainer and I to finish it, doesn't end well. And that's how Jack Rainer lost his moustache one year. <laughs> yeah, it was, yeah. Um, but yeah, th- those big races are really cool. So um, hopefully, like lawn sessions, like they're putting in effort to definitely. To, I think a lot of it, yeah, you know. Yeah, those Australian races. It's like like New York Road has that much money that they just like it means nothing to them. So yeah, you can't really compare, you know, a smaller Australian road race, and it's like, well, how why am I staying in the Marriott? Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's like, yeah, we get it pretty good. Yeah, we do. We definitely pretty pretty fortunate sometimes. Um, Jacob Gower, have either of you ever trained or would like to go train in Kenya with Kipchoge slash NN running people? Uh, so the first part of that question, no, I have never trained. Me neither. Um, would I like to go train? Um, yeah, look, if the opportunity arose, if if uh, Nick sent me a message and said, hey, I want you to go over there for a month or two to to do something like that, um, sure, like that would be, be pretty fun. Um, I don't think, yeah, as we sort of spoke about, I think this was last, last week's Q&A episode about like how they – go about things there and how it's like mm. really quite different. Yeah. Um, I don't know, like if, if Nick said, Joel, you're moving there for a year, pack up all your stuff and you're going there, no no other MTC people are going. Um, it, I'd probably be quite, it would be quite daunting, mm. I suppose. Um, I wonder what the uh, Wi-Fi is like over there <laughs> so we can get the podcast out. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon? Um, I've never been. Uh, it's funny, like the Africans that I know, and like when I see them and they're just like, you have to come train in Kenya or Ethiopia. Yeah. They're just, they honestly think we're wasting our time by yeah. not coming because <laughs> they just think there is the only place you can be a good runner. Yeah. Um, and they're right. <laughs> yeah, I know. So, but yeah, I just, I wonder how I would go. Yeah. And if I would survive over there. But it's, yeah. It, I don't know. I think like a lot of people just get sucked into the trap of overtraining and yeah. Yeah. Like, it, I don't know. Well, like where I was in, it's like a little bit what we were just talking about, like living with with, uh, with athletes all the time. Like yeah. they see all the pros of it's just like, but they're very like they'll run and then just rest yeah. and do nothing all day and then just run again at night, whatever. But um, so they just live that running life the whole time and, yeah. and they love living that. So and it works it's, for some. It's not for everyone, but no. um, yeah. I don't know if you can actually go and train with Kipchoge and, and then I think... Yeah, surely they're pretty... Yeah, I, I don't know. Like I know, like you have to be invited. A lot are very open, but I think maybe I don't know. Maybe they can. I think NN's like a little bit more shut off to everyone, so like they have their own place where they stay and stuff. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Maybe one day. Yeah, it'd be cool. You'd yeah, you'd definitely. I think it'd be really ignorant to just say not not interested. Yeah, it would be pretty cool just to go and see. Yeah, maybe Grattan House would go and film a documentary there. Yeah, in yeah. The, the Robinson twins are always telling me to come. And, yeah. and stay with them but yeah it's come different. back dressing with big snapbacks yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I reckon they could end up on a 
things we've seen on Instagram. <laughs> I'm not too <laughs> sure about soon. <laughs> um, maybe Mick Harrington. Uh, it's definitely Mick Harrington. <laughs> yeah. Is that his username? Maybe Mick Harrington? Yeah. <laughs> um, asks, is Brett happy with the length of his tights from Sunday's race? Yeah, no, I'm not. Um, <laughs> Were they so, too short or no, too they're long? they're long. Where are they? But, so I kind of pull them up and I have them pretty high anyway. But then they just, I don't know what happened, but they just kind of like, when I they've started low and then they just got a little bit lower. And I tried to pull them up a few times. But they, they were really tight, so they weren't coming up. Um, yeah, so no, I'm not very happy with that. But. <laughs> Imagine uh, one of the, like the European. It's, I only only have seen it on Jew athletes. So that's like the people that ride and it's yeah. like run, ride, run in Europe. They all wear three quarter tights. Oh yeah, have you that, noticed? This is, that? Okay, these were nearly that. <laughs> I reckon <laughs> once they I, go over the knee. I reckon I could have like <laughs> if I pulled them down, they could go then over the knee and they'd stay there. Like, <laughs> so. Yeah, these were just like they were compressing my patella, but they weren't <laughs> they weren't pushing it down. But um, also on this Stewie Mac, I saw a photo of him, and he was gone the opposite. It looked like he had like the ones that girls wear. They were like <laughs> the four quarter. inches long. Yeah. Um, I might find a photo of that as well. But yeah, I don't know. It wasn't a good look. I wear them high, but he was wearing them really high. <laughs> oh, that's good. Um, and then from Wayne Oram, what sessions does Joel do on the elliptical? Yeah, so you've been doing a bit lately. So yeah, I have. Um, definitely think it's it's working because I was looking at my Strava the other day. I haven't been running many Ks at all. Mm. You know, battling the sort of niggles that I've been been dealing with. Um, but yeah, I've been smashing a lot on the elliptical. Pretty much, I either do when I've done like a, a big sort of run that day um, for my if I'm trying to replicate a second run. I go, say, between 30 and 40 minutes um, and that is – I get my heart rate up to about 140 and hold yeah. it there. So that's way higher than I would when I'm jogging. For me to sort of run at 140 heart rate, I'm probably running like 330, 345 yeah, okay. pace. Yeah. Um, but obviously because there's no impact, you can – you know, I think it's a bit of a waste to go on the elliptical for 30 minutes and keep your heart rate at like 120. It's yeah. just like you should be running. Yeah. Um, so the benefit of cross-training is that you can – push a little bit harder. Um, you obviously don't want to go, you know, you don't want to be thresholding and stuff. Mm. Otherwise, you're going to get cooked. And you're not doing it every day as well. I'm so not doing like, it if you're doing it every day, then you have to be a bit careful yeah. because you're pushing a bit harder. But exactly. if it's just a couple of times yeah. a week. Yeah. And I just, I probably, yeah, the longest I would do is an hour. Um, yeah. When I, if, you know, back when I had to have a couple of days off with the with the knee, I would just replicate a run. And again, same thing, sort of get up to, it takes a little while to get up to like 140 heart rate. And then I'm just, you know, I've got a big sweat on. Um, like pouring mm, sweat. Yeah, you sweat heaps when you're cross-training. Yeah, because you? you're, you're inside. Yeah, um, no breeze. No breeze. But uh, but yeah, it's it, it feels feels pretty good. Um, and interestingly, I was I was doing it, this sort of like these uh, elliptical workouts and then finishing with like a two or three minute walk outside mm -hmm. to try and like cool down, if that makes sense. Like or just try and like get used to that feeling of like walking again because if you go straight from elliptical you I felt like I couldn't really cool down on the elliptical. It's just this weird sort of feeling. Um, yeah. And I sort of, yeah, just wanted to like walking out would just make it feel a little bit, a little bit better. Um, make the legs feel a bit. So normal. are you just doing consistent? Yeah. Like, yeah. So get up to, so I get up to. You're not doing reps or anything like no, that? Yeah. No. no. I, so when I've been injured sometimes, I do just do reps. Yeah. Even though it's an easy run, like an uh, easy, okay. but just to break it up. Like yeah. I'll do minute on, minute off. Really? But like, it's like, 
Well, minute like push, minute medium, minute push, minute medium. Yeah. Just because mentally, mentally, like especially when I was doing like stuff in the heat chamber, and I was doing like just on the spin bike, yeah, and doing like an hour or ninety minutes, and it's just like torture, yeah. And so I just do a minute, minute, and like that would help mentally get yeah, through. But I'm not not trying to get extra like fitness okay. from that. Yeah, you're just, just from a mental yeah. perspective. Yeah, I've definitely, when I've been, say, injured, so this time I've been lucky where I've pretty much been able to do all the workouts and it was just sort of, you know, towards getting close to Launces and I'm like, oh, this is hurting a little bit. Mm. I'm not going to be able to do all these all these runs, so I'm going to do some more on the elliptical. But, yeah, previously when, say, you know, you've had like an injury where you need two weeks off running and you can do elliptical, that's when you do what I do. I try and replicate running but on the elliptical. Yeah. So on a Tuesday morning, I do eight by three minutes with one minute break. Yeah, okay. It's like really, really hard. Yeah. Um, that's like, you know, to replicate your eight by one K and then, you know, threshold, you just try and whack it for, (laughs) for which is the, that's the hardest um, threshold because you, you really say I'm wanting to threshold at 170 heart rate. It's pretty hard to get elliptical up to 170. Um, you'd even know that from the bike as well. Like your bike, your heart rate doesn't get up as high. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't, I would struggle to get my heart rate right up on the bike. Um, but it's. Yeah, it's about effort as well. Like That's you, you can kind of tell if yeah. you're kind of pushing, um, and yeah, it's just and because you're using different muscles that you're not used to. I think that's the thing for me. If I like am cycling or swimming, it's like I'm not fit in those muscles really. Yeah. So I'm working them, so I'm working hard. Um, I feel like I can't go any harder, but then my heart rate's not as not, high. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, it's uh, yeah, it's good. Ellipticals, I, I really like it. Yeah, it's at least kind of similar to running, which is good. Yeah, definitely. So, um, yeah, that's it for this week. Um, yeah, thanks, guys. We are we are going to announce coming up um, that we're doing a shakeout jog at Gold Coast. Yeah. So Saturday morning, we're going to do that Saturday morning. We, we'll we'll get back to you guys um, and put out a post with the exact details of of a meet meet spot and the time but it's going to sort of double as a as a bit of a cool down jog for the people that race the half marathon um and or just a meet up for anyone that doesn't want to run that, yeah that, yeah, yeah. Exactly. and then a shake out for the marathon, marathon. guys and it would only be like a very short like 20 minute run or yeah whatever. 20 minutes super slow finish with it finish with a coffee um but yeah, it would be good to meet a lot of the listeners. I'm sure there's going to be a lot of people up in up in Gold Coast that listen to this. Yeah. So, um, and we've also got the uh, Grattan House playlist. I don't think we've mentioned it, haven't we? No, we've we mentioned did. it we asked briefly. That. We asked yeah, that. yeah. So, but it's on Spotify. So if anyone yeah. hasn't stumbled across it yet, have, yeah. a, have a listen. For all those people that like electronic music, yeah. There's, if you if you don't like electronic music, there's not much there for you, is there? <laughs> <laughs> a couple. There's, like a cu- there's a couple of little bonus tracks for yeah. you. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks, guys. 